Welcome to Sophisticated Mom, and I'm your host, Dr. Sophia, the creator of the Christian lifestyle blog, SophisticatedMom.com. I will break down faith-based advice and make it applicable and relatable to help you on your journey on this thing we call life. You'll learn everything you need to know on how to become the master of your own destiny. A scarcity mindset is something that many Christian people suffer from, and it needs to stop. If you want to walk around being poor, always in need, and always in an internal state of struggle, then know that is not something that you have to do as a Christian. That is something that you are choosing to do as a Christian. And if you choose to stay in a scarcity mindset after reading this post, then that is on you. But you can't say that you didn't know. Aside from many Christians having a scarcity mindset themselves, they also get mad or angry at other Christians that are doing well and are also making money and have the nerve to judge them and tell them that they're false prophets and are not from God and are going to hell. The last time I checked, only God himself can make that call and he tells us not to judge each other, but yet and still. Anyway, that whole no Christian can have money is a false theology that I intend to fully break down to you so that it will now and forever always be broken down and hopefully you will not shift into the mindset that God wants us all to be struggling on earth and being in need. God is our father and if you are a parent and your child comes to ask you for food, why on earth would you leave them starving and struggling when it is within your will to give your child food? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children How much more will your father in heaven get good gifts to those who ask him? Matthew 7, 11. The above Bible verse should be enough to get you out of your scarcity mindset, but I know that I will have to go above and beyond to let you know that you do not need to suffer in the name of Jesus, not prosper, and sit around being jealous of other Christians who are choosing to prosper. Also, don't forget to watch my video down below on proof that God does want you to prosper. And don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. The scarcity mindset, and in this post, I'm going to give you the common beliefs that Christians have that keep them in the scarcity mindset, why these beliefs are wrong, and how to switch to an abundant mindset, the secret of prosperity in the Bible, what does the Bible say about being rich and why so many people get it confused, why God does want you to be rich, and last, to tell you how to switch away from a scarcity mindset to an abundant mindset. Also, be sure to check out my blog post on the four exact reasons how God plans for you to prosper for more information on this topic, because we have a lot to cover. So let's go ahead and get into it, shall we? Common beliefs that Christians have that keep them in the scarcity mindset. Number one, believing that your situation is permanent and that there is nothing that you can do about it because it is God's will. Many Christians think that if they do not have money or if they are struggling in life, that it is God's will. And so they might as well just sit there and let life happen to them. This is a poverty mindset, which I have a separate blog post on that as well, and you can click the link down below to read. God gave us all free will, and there is nowhere in the Bible that God tells us to just sit there and take whatever is happening to us and not do anything. In fact, there are several times in the Bible when things are happening to people and they pray for God to intervene in their situation, not just sit there and let life happen to them. Number two, why these beliefs are wrong and what the Bible has to say. I'm going to tell you a story about Ruth. You should really read the entire book, but in a nutshell, Ruth's husband died, her father-in-law died, Naomi's husband, and her sister-in-law's husband died. They were on their way to Bethlehem, and on their way, Orpah decided to go back to the city of Moab because that is the mindset that she was stuck in. Never mind Moab was sacrificing their children, and there was probably nothing there for her. She went back anyway. Ruth, on the other hand, went to Bethlehem. When she got to Bethlehem, she did not just sit there and stay broke in the street because 
of the raw deal that she was handed in life and she felt like it was God's will. Instead, she put herself to work. She had faith. In the process, she met Boaz, who was rich, and she became his wife and found out that that is what was God's will. To prove my point, I want to take an excerpt from my book, Fix It Jesus for Single Women Only, which you can click the link down below to buy. And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I might find favor. Ruth 2-2. I often ponder why Ruth said this. I am not sure she knew who or what she was trying to find, but she knew she was going to go work her butt off to find favor somewhere and something was going to happen. But Ruth did not let her situation get the best of her. Instead, she got up when it was early and she went out and worked for the entire day. She did this because she needed food and she knew that working was the only way to get it. She wandered into the field of Boaz when Boaz saw her. He saw her working hard. He saw a hard-working woman and admired her. The point is, is that Ruth hit on hard times, but she did not just sit around and say, Oh, wow, this sucks. and There's nothing that I can do about it. There's a lot of things that you can do about your situation, but it's up to you to do it. Number three, what's my point and how you can shift this into the abundant mindset? You can shift your mind into an abundant mindset by realizing that you have a lot of free will. You may not be able to do everything, but you can do something to get yourself where you need to be in life. I want to use myself as an example. If you read my blog about the time that I was struggling, which I have a separate blog post on and a video on that you could watch down below. I talk about how I lost my job, how I was broke, how I was making way less money, and the last thing I refused to do was to sit there. In fact, I feel that it was this issue that actually propelled me into starting my own business. I refused for my income at my job to be dictated by another person, and so I got something on my own. Hence this blog, my books, and all the rest of the stuff that I have done. Can you imagine if I would have just sat there after losing my job and my income and said, oh, this is God's will, and tried not to do anything? Then I would just be in that mindset of struggling to make ends meet. When really, like Ruth, God's will was for Ruth to meet Boaz, and God's will for me was to start my own business. Number four, using thoughts, words, or excuses for scarcity. This is a big one. Some of the common phrases I hear, Jesus was poor, Jesus suffered, along with any other references comparing yourself to Jesus. Jesus said that it was easier for a rich man to fit through an eye of a needle than it is to get into heaven. Money is the root of all evil. My riches are stored up in heaven. Christians are not meant to be rich or to have money, as well as any other justification you give for yourself as to why it is okay or why it is God's will for you to be in scarcity. Number five, why these beliefs are wrong and what the Bible has to say about this. Many of the above statements come from the Bible, and if you are going to quote the Bible to keep yourself in scarcity mindset, then you should at least read the entire thing in context so that you can see all of the above statements are not what God intended. So let me debunk these right now. Jesus was poor and Jesus suffered, along with any other references comparing yourself to Jesus, who, though he was in form of God, did not count equity with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Philippians 2, 6-8 Jesus suffered so that we didn't have to. He made himself poor. He made himself the lowest of the low, and it was all for us so that he could be a proper sacrifice for all of us. No matter if you are the poorest of the poor or the richest of the rich, he was still the proper sacrifice because he made himself below everyone. He suffered so that his sacrifice will account for everyone now and in the future. The price has already been paid. Why would you continue to punish yourself and put yourself in jail for a crime that someone has already confessed to and been punished for. 
And Jesus willingly gave himself up for us so that we can be free and have the life that we deserve. You do not have to be like Jesus. Make yourself poor and a servant. For what? He has already done that. And he did that so that we don't have to. Jesus said that it is easier for a rich man to fit through an eye of a needle than it is to get in heaven. People love to use this verse, but everything in context. I suggest you read Matthew 19, 16 through 26 to get a full explanation of what I'm about to say. In this situation, the man came to Jesus and was claiming to be perfect, which none of us are. Jesus called his bluffs and said, okay, if you're perfect, then give up everything and follow me. In which case the man turned away because he was in essence saying that his money was more important than following Jesus and therefore he was coveting money. In which Jesus said, and I'm using the amplified so that you can get the entire meaning of the verse. But when the young man heard this, he left grieving distress for he owned much property and had many possessions, which he treasured more than his relationship with God. Jesus said to his disciples, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, it is difficult for a man who clings to his possessions and status as security to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than it is for a rich man who places his faith and wealth and status to enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 19, 22-24 I've highlighted the parts which basically prove what I'm saying. Please read the entire context of the story, as I said in Matthew 19, 16-26. But the point is, is that most people are not willing to give up all of their riches for God in which God stated that it will be easier for him to go through the needle of an eye because most people would covet their money and not be willing to give it up for God, which is why most people do not reach that level of prosperity. So God does want you to be abundant, but he does not want you to love money or put it above your relationship with him. That is the real meaning of the verse. Number six, money is the root of all evil versus money is evil. Now that you have the context of the above Bible verse, then know that money is not the root of all evil, but rather the love of money is the root of all evil. When people say this, they got it from the Bible verse. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. First Timothy 6.10 which basically means that you should not love money more than you love God. A perfect example of this is Solomon, where God asked Solomon to ask him for whatever he wanted and God would give it to him. Solomon asked for wisdom to help him be a better king over God's people and God gave him wisdom and lots of money because he did not covet money, but instead asked how he can be a better service to others. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this, so God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for a long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you've asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime, you will have no equal among kings. Kings 3, 10 through 15. Since Solomon did not covet money, aka love money, God gave it to him freely. Money is not the root of all e evil, but the love of money is. My riches are stored up in heaven. The saying comes from the following Bible verse. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Matthew 6, 19. This goes along with the idea of coveting money because storing up money on earth is not going to get you into heaven. But why can't you have money on earth and in heaven? If you take the Lord's prayer that we so often say, it says the following. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Matthew 6.10, which means that you are asking God's will to be done here on earth like it is in heaven. 
you should see where I'm going with this in the sense that if your riches are in heaven, then you can call for them to be done here on earth as well. It's in the Lord's prayer. You can have both riches here on earth and in heaven. Why does it have to be either or? Christians are not meant to be rich or have money. If you read the Bible verse, you can clearly see that God has blessed plenty of people with plenty of money. David, Solomon, Joseph, Job, Esther, Ruth, Isaac, Jacob, and their wealth came from God. So I think that it's pretty clear that he meant for us to have money. Number seven, how can you shift this into an abundant mindset? Before you start quoting all of these Bible verses and stories about how God wants you to be poor, and how about you actually read the Bible for yourself and learn the context of how none of this is true and how I have just proven. Instead of saying to yourself that you are meant to be in lack because of some spiritual missing from God, read other Bible verses about how God wants to give to you. Read Bible verses such as, The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Deuteronomy 28.13 Beloved, I pray you to prosper concerning all things and to be in good health just as your soul prospers. 3 John 1 2. You can also check out my blog down below for more posts about prosperities and blessings. And don't forget to pick up my Christian Manifestation Guide for positive Christian Bible verses and affirmations with scriptures to help shift you into the abundant mindset. You can click the link down below to buy that. Number eight, the scarcity mindset and being envious of others. If you do not want any money or if you are fine staying where you are at and are content with the wealth that you have, then good for you. But why do Christians have to hate on other pastors or even other people who are wealthy? Of course, I'm not looking in the wallets and books of every single pastors of person, so I could not tell you if they are earning money the legit way or if they are coveting money. I'm not them. But I'm also not going to be jealous or turn my nose up just because they have wealth. And most importantly, I'm not going to say that they are not from God because they have wealth. If we, as we have already established, God can and will bless someone with wealth. And who those people are, are no concern of yours. And it is a scarcity mindset to feel like you can't be wealthy as a Christian so no one else can either. Some people can be so Christian and start judging other people to the point that it is actually unchristian. Being envious of others is actually works of the flesh. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discourse, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before, and those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5, 19-21 so while you are being envious of others telling them why they cannot be blessed by God because they are too rich, you're actually the one sinning because you are envious of them and what they have. You can watch my video down below on how being jealous of others is actually blocking your blessing. Number nine, why these scarcity mindset beliefs are wrong and what the Bible has to say about this. According to Jesus, the first two commandments are, love the Lord with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment and the second is like it and that's to love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 22, 36-39. So what's my point and how you can shift this into the abundant mindset? If you want to be all Christ-like, then instead of coming for your fellow neighbor for what they have and telling them that their wealth is the devil, why don't you do some reflection and ask yourself, why are you really mad? Why are you mad at what someone else chooses to do with their own life? And if you are really projecting onto them because you are mad because you want what they have, but because you have a scarcity mindset, you don't believe it is possible for you to have that as a Christian. 
Instead of harboring all these negative emotions on other people, shift your emotions and be happy. Be happy for them and be happy for what they have and dare I say support them. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Galatians 6, 9. If we are all one body of Christ and they are believers, then choose to support them and know that when you choose to do so, you are encouraging the same amount of support to come back to you. Given it will be given unto you, a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure that you use, it will be measured back unto you. Luke 6.38 After reading this post, I hope that you see the scarcity mindset is getting you nowhere and you are living beneath the life God has for you. If how you are living is making you happy and you do not wish to go higher, then by all means that's your choice. But I do not want you to condemn those who choose to have an abundant mindset and do want to go higher and have more wealth, provided that they're doing it in a godly way. I also want you to understand that just because they choose to do so does not mean that abundance is against God's will. I also think that having a scarcity mindset is against God's will. It is insulting him as a father that you feel that he can't or won't provide for you with an awesome life. If you know someone who may need to read this post, then go ahead and share it with them.